Money talks. Mine always says goodbye. Okay, that's not that good. But, you know, ACDC has a song called Money Talks, and we talk about it, so I figured I'd put it in here, and uh, never mind. Mac and Magab, it's part two of the ACDC Brian Johnson discography. And once again, I have Will and Edwin. What's up, guys? What's up, man? Yo. Ready to do this? Oh, yeah. Totally ready. Been cranking a lot of later ACDC on vinyl, drinking some booze. Want to get into it. Right on. So last episode, we did the 80s. And on this episode... We're going to do the rest because it's almost just as many albums as the 80s was released after the 80s. Yeah. Yep. Which is going to be like the same amount of conversation. So we're going to start with uh, 1990, which is their like comeback album as far as popularity goes. The Razor's Edge. What, uh, Edwin, what do you think of this album? Okay. Uh, the Razor's Edge. Uh, this was my first new ACDC album. Like once I got into the band, if you recall from the last episode, I got into them like in uh, late 88, early 89. So this was like the first new album. So I was very excited. At the time, you know, I was in junior high. So even then, I knew it wasn't as good as some of the other albums, but I did like it, you know, and I loved Thunderstruck. That was an exciting, like, first new ACDC song to hear, you know, it was like an anthem, and that was very exciting. Uh, but I would say within just a few years, the album dropped in my estimation. And I have to say, this is my least favorite ACDC album. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so this is it. In fact, this is the only ACDC album that actually has a few songs I don't like. Like, that's the thing. For the most part, I think they're fairly consistent. There is average, some albums that I think are just kind of average and one of them we'll get to where I think it's just kind of a lot of average songs, but there's nothing I hate on it. But there, there are a couple songs I really just that bother me. Like I hate uh, Let's Make It. That song annoys me. I don't like Christmas, Mistress for Christmas, uh, Rock Your Heart Out. Oh, I think that song sucks. Like, yeah, so I do too. Yeah. So the, and I think it's Brian Johnson's worst vocals. And I love Brian Johnson. But this is like, I could tell that. All that screaming he was doing in the 80s, it's like this, like he just sounds spent on this album. And I hate Bruce Fair, uh, Barron. Is that how you pronounce his name? Fair Barron. Yeah. I hate his production. It's too streamlined, it's too slick. I also am not a fan of Chris Slade's drumming. Uh, I think he sounds like a drum machine. It's like, it's just, I don't think he has any. He might be a nice guy, nothing against him personally, but there's a, it just sounds very robotic to me. It's a little too fast, I think, for ACDC. It's a little too mechanical sounding. doesn't have like a kind of, doesn't have a groove. Like even like, you know, like Simon didn't have Phil's groove, but Simon had more groove than Chris Slade, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, and over the years, these flaws just became more and more apparent. And so it was my first tour and... For, um, it was my second tour I ever went to, uh, and it was my first ACDC tour. So, you know, I do have some fond memories of it. And there are a handful of songs that I like. 
so, like Thunderstruck, I unlike you. Uh, well, I don't want to reveal what you think about it, but, but anyway. Oh, it sucks. Oh, I don't. Ha- I don't hate Thunderstruck like you, Ralph. But it is totally burned out for me. Like I don't ever need to hear that song again. And but I do like I like uh, Are You Ready? I like I love Fire Guns. That's my favorite song on the album. Fire Guns a good track. And I, I like Got You by the Balls. So and that's about it. Everything else is kind of a, a wash for me. So uh, and like Mighty Talks, I hear it's like it's a it's a nice little pop rock song. It's catchy, but it doesn't. Oh. God. But it doesn't do much yeah. for me. But it doesn't do much for me. That's the thing. Like I get why people like it. Like yeah, it's melodic and you know catchy. But it's not. It's not my kind of ACDC. It's not for me. You know. Well, yeah. So so overall, if this is easily, easily my least favorite ACDC album. Right on. What What do you think, Will? Oh man, I fucking I think this album sucks, dude. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was so disappointed when it came out. Uh, where do I begin? Okay, Thunderstruck. A song has such potential. When I first heard it, I was like, oh, my God, the song's going to rip. And it never gets to that point. It's like a never-ending intro. The song never like, gets to the next level. It's always climbing and climbing and never getting to the peak. And it's just like there's no climax to that song. And I, I just don't dig it. I think uh, Money Talks is maybe the worst ACDC song of all time. Uh, I, I just hate the opening re- intro and it's just so wimpy and, oh, like for a band that's really proud of having balls, they completely lack balls on that tune. Um, I agree. Chris Slade was a terrible, terrible fit for ACDC. Uh, and I also, it was annoying that they were really featuring him a lot in the videos. They were kind of like showcasing him. Like, Hey, look at this wild man on the drums, this bald, wild guy mm-hmm. who, makes crazy faces at the camera. It's like, fuck you, dude. Like, this is, this is not your band, man. Like, don't try to turn into your fucking band. I remember when Hell I first yeah. saw Thunderstruck, I remember even as a kid, I remember thinking, why are they showing this new bald drummer so much? <laughs> yeah, totally. And he had, like, the floor toms mounted up on the side, like Vinny Apice has. And that's great for Vinny Apice and Dio. It works. But, I mean, ACDC, there's no need for that. It's just ridiculous, you know? So... Uh, I I have to say, like between Blow Up Your Video and this album, it's the worst era of ACDC and my least favorite era. And uh, one more thing, uh, <laughs> I actually have a soft spot for Mistress for Christmas. I, I know it's a stupid-ass <laughs> song. I know it's a stupid-ass song, but it's the most unique song on the album. And, and uh, I don't know. I have a soft spot for it. And you guys remember the T-shirt for Mistress for Christmas? Yeah, yes. I, I, I own that T-shirt. It is a cool T-shirt. I'll say this for Mistress for Christmas. It it bothers me on an album. But if it was just like a separate like seasonal single, like something on one of those. Remember they used to do those Christmas compilations? What were they called? Like Very Special Christmas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if it was like on something like that, like that Run DMC Christmas song. Like if it was just a separate ACDC does a Christmas song... I probably wouldn't mind it so much. It's just that you don't want to hear a fucking ACDC Christmas song in the middle of a ACDC album, especially if it's not Christmas right. time. <laughs> I think those I think those Christmas compilations were like for the March of Dimes or something. So maybe they didn't want to put a song about boning a mistress on Christmas Eve. But the 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 t shirt was awesome. I remember I really wanted to get it, but I knew my mom wouldn't approve. So unfortunately <laughs> I never got it. It, it was um, a cool t shirt. 
Hey, before we continue, I want to correct two things I said in the last show. Uh, uh, so ACDC never played Night Prowler live. I don't know. I, I, for some reason, I was told they played it on the on the um, uh, Fly on the Wall tour. So that never happened. But I'm going to keep continue to keep on believing it did because I think it's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and another thing, when we were talking about Blow Up Your Video, and I, I said that This Means War was the last fast ACDC song. One of you guys mentioned a song on a later album. Fire I, your guns. I just, what funny. song? Fire your guns. I I mentioned that. Is that is, is that a fast song? I can't even remember. Yeah. It's fast. Well, it's 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 kind of fast. I mean, not as fast as uh, uh this this means war. war, but but it's faster than anything after it. I okay. think. I I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking I'm missing a song from a later. No, album. definitely not. Because I just listened to the last. Uh, not counting the latest album, I listened to the four previous uh, today, <laughs> all throughout the day. So there's no fast songs on those albums, man. <laughs> no, there's some right. songs that sound relative fast <laughs> compared to the other songs, but if you compare them to actual fast songs, they're not fast. Totally. Yeah. So well, yeah, man. I uh, uh, I don't know if uh, I like uh, Razor Razor's Edge less than. Blow up your video. I think it's a tie for the two worst ACDC albums. Yeah, I would. I I I like blow up your video way more than this. Even though it, it is chock full of filler, I'll admit it. But man, I I only like fire your guns off this album. That's the only song. Now I did like you, Will. I was listening to some of these later ACDC albums, and I haven't listened to Razor's Edge in fucking decades. Totally. So I, I put it on and I listened to the whole thing and. I gotta be honest, I mean, I still don't think it's a great song, but I thought, okay, it's better than what I remember, but I still don't say it's good. But if I was to pick my second favorite on this album, it'd be the title track. I thought it was a little unique and different. That's a cool song. I agree, a, that's a cool song. Yeah, someone was like, you know, I mean, I don't think it's fucking awesome or anything, but I go, all right, I don't remember this song being as good as this. But yeah, dude, and, and yeah, you bring up Money Talks, man. Did fucking MTV love that fucking video oh, or yeah. what? Oh, oh yeah. my uh, Guys, God. you might be angry at me over this, but uh, the, that video was shot at the show I was at. <laughs> okay. That, it was at the Philadelphia Spectrum. They shot the Money Talks video at that show. So, so I'm does technically that mean in they that had video. to play it? They had to play it numerous times? Or no, they, they nah, ACDC. They know how to play songs. They just right. well, <laughs> But, yeah, but they... Yeah, they dropped Edwin, all the money. I am angry because you should have beat that cameraman unconscious so that video would have never been released. <laughs> it's but, funny at the time they said they there was like the word around while everyone was in line is oh they're going to shoot a video here they're going to shoot a video here and I thought oh it's going to be that are you ready song that's really catchy uh, and that's what I thought it was going to be and then it was and they obviously it was money talks so that didn't happen. I never understood why the Are You Ready video took place in a prison. I was like, I don't feel that that video should have took place in a prison. But whatever. It was kind of like, I think they kind of wasted a really catchy song. They yeah, especially when you already have a video for Jailbreak. You yeah, it was, <laughs> it was a weird choice. I was like, why the fuck is this in a jail cell? Is that, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I ever saw that video, to be quite honest. Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, they didn't show it much. They strap a guy down and they carve ACDC on the back of his head. And, oh, you know, like yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yeah. But, but um, yeah, dude, but every time Money Talks would start, because it was on every Headbanger's Ball, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, man. Dude, that Stop intro, with the goddamn the intro, 
It's just the worst, man. Fucking garbage. Unlike, I love the next one, man. Ballbreaker. This one really threw me for a loop because, you know, I mean, I know you guys were Fly on the Wall fans. I wasn't, and, you know, Blow Up Your Video is mediocre. Razor's Edge was just like the worst. I was like, dude, this, this band lost its edge. Then I heard this album, and I was already petrified because Rick Rubin produced it, and I was like, eh, I wasn't a fan of what Rick Rubin was doing after the Trouble 1990 album. Like, everything I heard after that, I wasn't really into. And I was like, oh, man, this is going to suck. Man, I really like I think this album is grossly underrated. Um, it came out during the grunge era, right? Am I right? Yep, yep um, right in the middle of it, kind of. Mid, yeah, uh, 95, yeah, 95. Uh, yeah. yeah, but but man, it's it's awesome. And this was like like right at the cusp of MTV stopping uh playing videos or or good or rock videos. So didn't really get that much exposure. I did see the tour, but ACDC man, even Razor's Edge tour ruled. Doesn't matter how oh, yeah. crappy they are, it doesn't matter how crappy their albums are, they always fill up a house. And I love it. I love Hard as Rock. My favorite on here has to be Boogeyman and Roll, man. Those two songs rule, man. But I, I love it all. I mean, some yeah, some songs are like whatever. But you know, I I, I really was impressed. I, I was taken aback, going, "Wow, this is actually a really good ACDC on This is like, for me personally, I think it's their best in Flick of the Switch. I really like. What do you think, Will? I completely agree, man. Um, I I love the 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 production. It's really dry and uh, it's completely opposite of how Razor's Edge sounded, you know? It doesn't have that saturated 80s or... So even though the Razor's Edge was, what, 89 or 90? Was that 90 or what year was Nine, it? 90. It came out yeah, 90. 90. It still had that 80s sound to it. And um, Ball Breaker, yeah, it was really dry and uh, just a nasty sound. I love uh, I love the fucking Caesar song. I like Whiskey on the Rocks. Um, I was yeah. way into this album, dude. I, I was a born-again ACDC fan when it came out. And it, it would, I played it every day, like that summer or whenever it came out, like for three months after I was listening to that album almost every day. And it was fun to be an ACDC fan again. And uh, I think, uh, yeah, like uh, it's their best album since uh, For Those About to Rock, I would say. Wow, um, even more than Flick of the Switch. Yeah, and I think it's, I think it's better than the new album. I think, yeah, we'll we'll get to that later. But I really love Ball Breaker. I was stoked on it. Right on. How about you, Edwin? Uh, I love this album. And I've always loved it. My love has only grown, though, over the years. And actually, I've changed my opinion about a few albums since even back when I made that uh, discography video, like, uh, last year. Ball Breaker, I love even more now. Um, I'd say it's my favorite. I wouldn't say it's my favorite since For Those About to Rock, but it's my second favorite after For Those About to Rock. So I know your favorite. Yeah, we'll get to it, that. I know that, it because I saw your discography on YouTube. Yeah, and it was that, really that, cool. Edward Canastrachi, check out his YouTube channel. <laughs> that that hasn't changed um, the feeling about that album, but a few right. of the others have. Uh, this is one where I realized Ball Breaker. I love it even more. I. Yeah, I mean, I love Flick and Fly, and don't get me wrong, like, you can't, like, yeah, Brian singing still like Pete Bryan on Flick, but song by song, I don't know, Ball Breaker, there's something about it, it there, there's, it has that, the songs aren't as 
good as they are in Powerage, but it has that Powerage vibe. You know, it's like dark and bluesy, and it might not be fast and heavy, but it's tough sounding. You know, it's like mean and tough sounding. I think it's the Young Brothers, like without Brian or Bond, it's their best lyrics. The lyrics are all kind of dirty and mean. The title right. track is awesome too, man. The title oh, track. Yeah. Title track. Good yeah, way that, to that, end the album song. too. Yeah, yeah. great way heavy to end the album. Song. I think heavy Brian song. sounds awesome on that song. Well, yeah, yeah. The, I love the guitar tones. You know, like you were saying, Will, very dry, raw. It's probably like their most underground sounding album since Left Every Rock. It's very raw sounding. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it has a vibe. All the songs flow together really well. Like even some songs aren't like the best songs on the album, still like fit the vibe, you know? Like, you know, and I just love the vibe. It has atmosphere in the same way like you and I were saying, like, uh, Will, that Fly on the Wall has like an atmosphere to it. Right. Is that this has an atmosphere too. It's like flying the wall is like the the bar fight early evening evening and ball breaker is like coming home late at night, like after that, <laughs> like a couple hours later. You know, uh, it's like dark, grungy after hours ACDC. And I love it. Uh, Whiskey on the rocks, great ball breakers, great. Uh uh Burning Alive, that's a great song. Hail Caesar. Uh I, I love the whole album. I love the vibe, and it's my yeah, it's my third favorite. No, fourth. It's my fourth favorite with Brian Johnson. I think it's a great album. You know what song uh, <clears throat> kind of disappointed me only because of the lyrics. Uh, the song "Cover You in Oil." When I read that song title, I thought it was about burning a person alive. I was like, "Fuck yeah, man! They're gonna get like <laughs> get vicious with the lyrics here." And then, instead, it was just your typical ACDC sex lyrics. You know, <laughs> it's, so, it's just so dirty. You ever see the video for that? I can't believe yeah. that was even a single. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! I didn't know there was a video for that song. Yeah, no. yeah it's yeah. straight out yeah. Spinal Tap. It's like smell the glove type shit. It's hilarious. Are it's they so trying people... to be hilarious, or are they? Yeah, I think there's a little tongue in cheek to it. Okay. I think at the time I, I read some interviews like Malcolm was saying, like, because this was like during uh, Clinton was president. It's funny because uh, this it just, you know, not I don't want to get political here, but they said that they were being po- intentionally kind of politically correct because a lot of the grunge artists and co- that era was kind of the beginning of that, like the beginning of political correctness. Sure, sure. They, so they kind of went out of their way to be a little dirtier and a little nastier than they had been for a while with that album and like cover me foils like one of those examples like they really were going out of their way to like be as dirty as possible and that's another thing i love about the album because it was back to like the bond scott era where they're getting really filthy <laughs> again you know they, they, they should have went all the way you know and cover the chicken oil had sex with her and then lit her on fire <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, there's burning alive that comes later. It's a concept now. That should have been the video. You're a dark guy, Will. Uh, Will, why don't we go all the way to 2000 with stiff upper lip? What do you think of this one? Oh, man. Um, It's not a bad album, but I think it's really boring, man. Uh, I I remember thinking that when it came out. I was a little disappointed, you know, being the follow-up to to Ballbreaker, even though like what five years had passed between two albums, right? Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. Um, so you know, it's a little laid back and really heavy on the blues tip, uh, more than normal. And um, and I listened to it again uh, yesterday, actually, and 
I still I still felt the same that it's kind of a boring album for me. Um, not too many standout tracks, but not bad either though. Like it's not bad like Razor's Edge or like oh my god. I, I enjoyed listening to it, but it just nothing really, really stood out and grabbed me so much. Right. Edwin? Uh, yeah, this I I felt exactly like Will when I first heard this album, but it has been a grower for me. Uh, I talked to you once about this, Ralph, like a year or so ago. I really do love this album. I understand it doesn't immediately hit you like Ball Breaker and some of their earlier stuff. I mean, all their earlier stuff, but... It, it creeped in me. I mean, I do love the blues a lot. So I, I, it's a very pure album. It's an album you can kind of respect because you could tell like they just kind of made it for themselves. And it's just a straight up like boogie woogie bluesy hard rock album. And the song that like Angus is doing a lot of really cool stuff on it. There's a lot of really cool guitar licks. I like George Young's production on it. The guitar tone's great. Like if you listen to the song like Meltdown, like that guitar tone sounds like straight up like 70s ACDC. It's a really Meltdown cool. is, is probably my favorite song on the album. I love that tone. And, you know, Brian's going, you know, get it hot in a chorus. And it's yeah, I really love that. I love Satellite Blues is really catchy song. Kind of reminds me of Powerage a little bit, that song. And I, I like it's a weird song, but it's really grown on me a lot. Is uh, Come and Get It, which has really dirt, probably the only, only song that has kind of dirty lyrics. The first line of the song is Picking Up the Sleaze in My Car, <laughs> which I really love that line. I think that's a great <laughs> lyric. Uh, so I, I like it. It's a grower. It's it's an album that's I really grown. It doesn't have that same dark edge that Ball Breaker does. You know, it's not as fun and loud and splashy as like fly on the wall it's not as t- you know but but i do really love this album it's when you just want to kind of hear just a straight it's kind of like their zz top album you know it's just like a zz top bluesy rock album and i do really love it i love the production and i get why it's not like it doesn't really blow people away but if if you're into the if you just want to hear Malcolm and Angus play some cool bluesy rocks, you know, then it, it kind of delivers. That's how I feel. I about will the say, whoever gave the green light to call the album <laughs> Stiff Upper Lip should have gotten fucking fired. <laughs> it's an odd, yeah, it doesn't, sound, title, it doesn't sound like an album title. I mean, I love the song. I think it's a great song. But, it, yeah, it doesn't sound like that should be the album title. I, yeah. I agree. One thing that we didn't mention uh, with this and Ballbreaker is uh, Phil Rudd's return. Yep, you know? yep. Oh, yeah. yeah, and that does right. make a difference. Like it's you hear instantly on the on ball breaker. Like yeah, it, there's a groove now. It's like he's back in the band, and they just got that groove in a way that they hadn't had since he was in the band. Totally, you know, it was it was a pleasure seeing him live. That was the first time I ever got to see Phil Rudd in the flesh. You know, like all the times I saw ACDC in the '80s, it was Simon Wright. So that was really exciting to see Phil Rudd behind the kit. I think they opened up the back in black on that tour, and and he came out from like like the riser, like the drum set rolled out from the riser, and it was just it was so awesome to see Phil Rudd up there. Yeah, that was my second time because I saw for those about to rock, but flick of the switch, which he played on, he didn't do that tour. It was right. Simon Wright on that tour, but um, stiff upper lip, I'm a little indifferent on. I don't, I kind of mirror what Will said too. It's like I don't really hate it. But nothing really stood out to me. I mean, I like, I mean, I know it sounds weird, but I like Safe in New York City. I think that song is kind of like the best song on here. It's the only one that I can kind of get catchy. I, I did kind of like House of Jazz. There's nothing I really dislike on here. Uh, it's a good album. It's a good listen. 
but it's not a standout. You know, I don't know if y'all. And what Will was saying, yeah. stiff upper lip is a terrible name for the the album. Yeah. I think the album should have been. I, I I think a better title for this album was "Set That Girl That's Covered on Oil on Fire." <laughs> How cool would that title be? That would be an awesome title for it. Did, did, With the girl on fire cover. Did, didn't Gene Simmons already write that song? Uh, burn, bitch, burn. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Call, call the album. Uh, put my log in your fireplace. Yeah, that's there you go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I'll take the next one, um, which is uh, a Walmart exclusive <laughs> from 2008, Black Ice. I went out and bought this. At Walmart, and um, it's really long, you know. I mean, yeah, this, this may be the longest ACDC album 15 and songs, did, right? Yeah, yeah, man, 15 yeah. songs. And, and I re I revisited the other day, and look, I mean, I like it more than Stiff Upper Lip, but you know, at the same time, there's songs on here that I kind of get, um, like. I don't know. I daydream and I don't really like long, you know, because it's so long. But I will say this, and I what I love on this album is what everybody says. And I swear to you guys, I've never sucked a cock, but I love (laughs) anything goes. I love that song. It's so (laughs) commercial, though. It's so different than ACDC, but I really dig it. I I think it's catchy. And it's just a fun fucking song. And I liked uh, Big Jack. And uh, there was a couple on here I, I didn't mind. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't say it sucks. But what do you think, Will? Um, yeah, I got to agree with you pretty much 100%. Um, it's not a bad album. But it's not a good album either. It's, it's just chock full of filler, man. And um, uh, Big Jack is probably my favorite song on the album. And they played that on, uh, live. I was stoked they played that on that tour. Um, and wait, Rock and Roll Train, that's on this album, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that song's okay, too. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just way too long. Uh, I, it would, I think they would have been better off. I mean, who am I to say? This album sold millions, whatever. But uh, for me, I would have liked it if they had just focused on, like, maybe 10 songs or even nine songs and made a, a, a ton top-notch album from beginning to end instead of throwing all these three-and-a-half-minute fillers uh, all throughout the album. I think that was probably my favorite tour, though. Uh, well, yeah, maybe. I mean, as far as stage show, that stage show was fantastic with the giant train. Yeah. Um, it was pretty impressive, man. That was a really, really good show. Uh, and like you said, no matter what album they're touring for, it's always going to be a, gar- a guaranteed great show, so... Yeah, because you know they're not going to bombard you like Iron Maiden with a bunch of songs off the new album, you know? Totally, totally. Uh, unless it's the Razor's Edge tour. They played a lot of songs oh, off Razor's oh, yeah, Edge. Yeah, you're right. Um, but yeah, so uh, it's, I, I like it more than uh, Stiff Up Her Lip, but just by a little bit, you know, just by a little bit. Both those albums are kind of like uh, neither here nor there on. Right on. Edwin. 
Uh, yeah, I definitely like Stiff Upper Lip better in this album. I, I guess kind of what you were saying, both of you said about Stiff Upper Lip is how I feel about this album, but also some of the other things you're saying. Uh, obviously, way too many songs and way too much. I, it, I think pretty much this is an album entirely of filler for the most part, save for a couple songs. There's nothing bad on it. That's where it's different. It's funny because Razor's Edge has about three or four songs that I like better than anything on this album, but... There's nothing I dislike on this album, like on Razor's Edge. So that's why, and uh, this production's much better than Razor's Edge, and Brian sounds much better than on Razor's Edge, and you got Phil instead of, uh, you know, what's his face, Chris Slade. So because of that, I give this an edge on the Razor's Edge. But I would say this is my second least favorite ACDC album. Uh, I don't hate it, so that says a lot for the band that my second least favorite album is an album that I don't hate. But I almost never go back to this album. I did listen to it again uh, this week because we were doing this. But there's just it would be better if it was just like 10 songs. Yeah, and you cut off some of the filler. It's funny because one my favorite song on it is a, like a track that I think gets kind of lost in it. It's called Smash and Grab, which... Oh, no, really? I like that song. Yeah, I, tell you, I feel it gets a bad... I think this song, if it was a tighter 10-song album and didn't have so many mid-tempo songs, would sound better. What I like is I like Angus's guitar work, and I like the nah, and it's just got like a kind of cool groove to it. I like that song for whatever reason. But That's I still, funny, man. I, I listened to this that album or this album earlier today, and you know, I was doing stuff around the house, and when that song came on, I, I remember saying out loud, I was like, man, this song sucks. I like it. It's a ballbreaker song. It's kind of just tough and mean sounding. <laughs> I think I like it. But it's totally lost, like, because so many songs, too, are mid-tempo on this album, too. So yep. you've got, like, 15 minutes of, I mean, 15 songs. It's like an hour worth of mid-tempo songs. I remember when the After Rock and Roll Train, like, the second song, which wasn't a bad song. The, what It's, like, got fire in the title. What what that song? I oh, forget. Fire in the Sky. Or yeah, something? Fire in the Sky. Like, it's a cool song, but it just doesn't sound like it should be a second song. And it's slow. It's even slower than the first song. It's like, yeah. oh, shit. And and I just remember just like, and I love Phil Rudd, but I this is, I think, his most un, uninspired drumming in the band that he's ever done. It's just like, by the time you get to, like, the 20th or 30th track on this album you're just like okay we get it you, you guys play the mid-tempo rock and roll you know it, it's 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 a real chore to listen to and that's the thing it's got a good production i uh, and i don't i'm not a fan I, I get like anything goes it's better than money talks but to me it's just like one notch above it's it's kind of a corny song i don't really like it uh it's all right like i don't hate it but it's not really what i want to hear acdc doing so i don't really yeah i mean yeah i don't really big jack's all right but nothing's like almost every song on this out every song even the best song on this album would be filler on another better album so so this is definitely my second least favorite yeah you know i want to retract my statement when i said i like this better than stiff upper lip i definitely like stiff upper lip better than black ice as well because yeah like you said it's just too many too many fillers on this album yeah at least if upper lift gets out of dodge when it needs to <laughs> right how about uh, uh edwin how about the next one rocker bus what do you think rocker bus is interesting because it's pretty much like they redid black ice but did everything right this time <laughs> it's like they they it's got they they trim it down it's much shorter it's a little more straight up. The production's good, like on Black Ice. Like I said, I didn't have a problem with the production. 
Uh, and Brian, I felt, sounded really good on Black Ice. I just didn't really like the songs. But if anything, the production's even punchier. Brian sounds even better. The songs are all a little punchier. Uh, like, for example, like I said, I wasn't crazy about Anything Goes, but there's a song on this album, uh, Rock the Blues Away. Yeah, it's pretty much part two. Yeah, it's pretty much the same song, except for now I like it. <laughs> it's right. like now it's just a little more. It's got that great melody that Anything Goes has, but it's not as try hard. It's just a little cooler. It's like a cooler version of that song. And it's a that's, little less commercial. Yeah, it's a little yeah. less commercial. And in a way, that's kind of like a metaphor for the whole album. Like, I feel like Black Ice is a little, not as much as the Razor's Edge, but it felt a little try hard. It feels a little like the Walmart album, where this this feels like it's a little more just for ACDC fans. It's a little less try hard. Uh, I think the songs are a little catchier for the most part. You know, Rock and Roll Thunder, that's a really catchy song. Uh, uh, overall, I, I love the title track. Title track's a tough sounding track. I really like that. I remember when Play Ball came out, the first single, I wasn't really crazy about that song. That sounded a little more like a Black Ice song. But then when I heard Rock or Bus, you know, which was like the second single and the album came out, I was like, oh, now that's that's more like it. And I really like that song. Plus, obviously, uh, this was the first album without Malcolm. And so I guess I was also like just pleasantly surprised that they sounded so much like ACDC without Malcolm. So I because I was very cynical, this idea that ACDC, you know, how could you do ACDC without Malcolm? You know, I was like, I don't know about this. I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't want Black Ice to be the last album. But on the other hand, you can't really do ACDC without Malcolm. But you know, as soon as I heard the song Rock or Bust, I thought, maybe it's possible. Maybe it's possible. And maybe just like Bond, maybe Malcolm would want them to carry on. Maybe he would want his little brother to carry on, you know? And I listened to the album, and initially, uh, I did, I think I overpraised it. Like, when it first came out, I was like, oh, this is the best thing they did since Flick of the Switch. And I was so thrilled, and I was very emotional about it, because I wasn't expecting it to be good without Malcolm. And it was, and I saw the tour, and it was a great tour. And I still saw it even before Axel came on, when it was still Brian, and it was a great tour. And, and, but as the years have gone by it's one of those albums that you know you get excited about when it came out but it has dropped now i would say it's probably my third least favorite acdc album but big difference between this and my bottom two like i do think this is a very good album so even though it's not one of my favorites i do really like this album a lot and i think it's really good i just think all their other albums besides Black Ice and Razor's Edge are better. But I do really like this album, and I think it's a good album. All right. Will, what do you think of Rock or Bust? I dig it, man. Um, this is the only ACDC album I never heard until today, or yeah, earlier today. Wow. Uh, like when it came out, we uh, Death Angel were touring, and it just kind of went under my radar. I heard um, Play Ball and thought it was a, a cool song that didn't blow me away or anything, but yeah, somehow this album just kind of went by the wayside for me, so I never heard it. Uh, and this, when I listened to it today, I enjoyed the shit out of it, man. I think it's, uh, especially, I think it also because of two mediocre albums in a row, I just lost interest, so I just didn't rush out to hear this album when it came out. But I was digging the shit out of it today when I was doing chores around the house. I was loving it, man. It seems like the, the uh, guitar work is a little more adventurous on this album, and just a lot more... Uh, it seems a lot more thought out, you know, like the songs have uh, have depth to them 
a lot more than the previous album. And uh, yeah, I really dig it, man. I'm going to re- revisit this album again and I'm going to pick it up, actually. It's one of the few ones I don't own on CD or vinyl. So um, I'm a fan of this album. I like it. Right on. Um, <clears throat> I felt like Edwin. Uh, I felt like, oh, Rocker Bus is the best album since Flick of the Switch. And, but unlike Edwin, I still feel that way. I love this fucking album. I do have it on vinyl, which is probably expensive as fuck now. The, the vinyl is like a hologram thing. I love, man, uh, on my old podcast, we reviewed this album. So I did study it uh, for the review, and I was like, man, you know, I played it a bunch of times over, and I was like, god damn, this is really good. I really love Rock the House. That I know Angus, I'm pretty sure Angus does not listen to Frank Zappa, but that is the same goddamn riff as Slime off the Overnight Sensation album of Frank Zappa. The same exact riff. Huh. I, I love Rock the Blues Away. I love Got Me Some Rock and Roll Thunder, which was cool that they played it. I didn't see it with Brian Johnson. I saw it with Axel. And I love the title track, uh, um, Dogs of War. That's a I mean, great this, song. Yeah, this is this is a solid, a solid album. You know, I mean, it kind of t- tapers off a little toward the end, but it's still very listenable. It's enjoyable. And I still feel that it's their best album since uh, Flick of the Switch. It's just, to me, this is an album that I put on. Well, you know what? I didn't even listen to it for this episode because I'm so used to it. But I put this album on at least two, three times a year. I'm like, oh, I want to hear Rocker Bust, you know? It's just a great, solid, you know, return to form for me. It's like, dude, this is amazing. I love, love, love Rocker Bust. I think it's a great, great album. All right, goddamn, we're ready at the end. Um, and if you want to uh, include the Iron Man 2 soundtrack Well, then there's backtracks as well And some live albums Right uh, But but what did The Iron Man didn't have anything new, did it? Well, it had a cold-hearted man on it I mean, the, oh, okay. for a lot of people That was an unheard song, you know Right Yeah, I first heard it on I think backtracks might have came out Like a year before that It was close But yeah, for some people They'd never heard that before Backtracks was the first time I uh, heard the song. Yeah, Backtracks has a lot of rarities on there. A lot of great shit on that. And I, I know, oh, what, one thing, let's discuss this because I I heard you and Will discuss this on one of the other episodes. Uh, Big Gun, which I know oh, yeah. Will does not like uh, Big Gun. Yeah, yeah, he hates that song. I, well, well, that's yeah, one I of their song. best songs, man. <laughs> Why do you hate that song? It's I awesome. think it was the riff that. That's awesome! I love that. Oh no, dude! That's like that's like Money Talks territory, man. Oh, oh, oh it's nothing like Money Talks. If Money Talks kicked ass, I, I gotta agree with Ralph, man. That that man. Oh, terrible! No, no, I know. Well, I like that. <laughs> Everyone likes. Like, I, I think I like, like that every little. Do you like that? Yeah, man. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Big Gun's that was very for, beloved. For... It's it's what? weird because they never did it live, but Big Gun's like a very beloved fan. So like fans love that song. I but they never played it live for some reason. I was surprised when when Will told me that that he hated that song. I was like, really? Yeah, I was surprised too. What, what is that for? The Last Action Hero? Is yes, that the movie? Yeah, yeah. 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 I've never even yeah. seen that movie. 
because it's of that song. No, it's almost <laughs> it's so good you almost don't even realize Chris Slade's playing drums on it. <laughs> I guess I have to revisit that song because uh, I remember the video. There was a video for that, right? Yeah, yeah. It was a pretty popular song, but I, I just I don't know, man. His voice too is shot like at the end when he goes ha ha like whatever. <laughs> Sounds like he's hawking a loogie or something, man. <laughs> I love that video because Arnold Schwarzenegger turns into Angus and he does a little hop. Yeah, shit's <laughs> <It's> hilarious. <laughs> little Angus with big ass fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger following him, hopping across the stage. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I would highly recommend you stay away from that movie, Will. Okay, that, mo- that movie sucked. Okay. I don't know. What do you think of that movie, Will? Uh, Edwin? Uh, you know, this is when I first saw it when I was a teenager, I thought it sucked like everyone. But I rewatched it like two years ago. And I don't know, maybe like standards have lowered or something. But like now it's like now I found it kind of charming and amusing. Well, I, I saw it way back. I haven't seen it since. But I remember the movie was like, what? Is, what's the term? Is it called the third wall? Uh, the third wall or something yeah, like that? Uh, the fourth. The fourth wall. It breaks the, the fourth, fourth wall. Yeah, it breaks the fourth wall. So it's very uh, postmodern or meta. So it's like making references to movie. It's like a movie within a movie. Yeah, and it, it's it's cute. Like the kid, the kid kind of sucks, which is a problem. <laughs> like he's not that good of a kid actor. He's no Corey Feldman in his prime, uh, but. Uh, but Arnold's, you know, Arnold's still like peak Arnold, like it's charming T two kind of Arnold. So he's he's good in it, and it's a clever script. Uh, I didn't mind it. I didn't mind. It's kind of corny, but I kind of liked it, and it was kind of like a movie they don't make anymore. So I don't know. I kind of, I I have a better feelings about this movie now than I did when when I saw it as a teenager. I thought it was whacked. I thought this is lame. But like a lot of people, but now I think it's it's all right. The like pinball that. machine, the pinball machine was awesome. Uh, I never saw the movie, but I used to play the shit out of the pinball machine whenever I see it at an arcade or in the bar or wherever I see it. Uh, it was one of the one of the best uh, mid '90s pinball machines to come out. I loved it. Yeah, and I I had the soundtrack, of course. I had the angry, I have, angry I have again. The, I have the soundtrack on CD. I like the Alice in Chains song. Which one was that? I, that was on there. I forget the name. What of the it. hell have I or something? It has like that. that Middle Eastern kind of sound to yeah, it. It's a cool song, man. Yeah. Who else? Like, who else is on that soundtrack besides Tesla, Queensrÿche, Aerosmith did the Dream On with the orchestration. Remember, yeah. it was like song. a hard rock album. A lot of hard rock bands were on there. What What Queensrÿche song? Uh, Real World. I don't know if you know that song. It ended up being a B side on one of their later albums. Um, like, it's a that'd be like Empire era, right? No, no, it was later. Uh, okay. I think it was like um, maybe either Power Power Land, was it Promise Land or the one Promise after that? Land. Promise Land, yeah. It's it's one of, it's an orchestral song with Michael Kamen, um, but it's you know it's like a ballad. But I really liked it. I, I thought it was a nice little song, nice little ballad type song. Right. But um, yeah, it was. I mean, I haven't listened to that soundtrack forever, but I do remember that I thought the Alice in Chains was a, was a standout track on that album. Yeah, it was a good but, time. That was a good time for soundtrack albums, like the early yeah. 90s. So now we're getting to the very last album, which is Power Up, which, uh, man, I really loved it. Well, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to Will first. Um, I completely bought into the hype. Like, everyone was going berserk when this album came out, and people were saying it's the best thing ACDC's done in 30 years. 
And I don't normally buy into that kind of like uh, hype or like I don't read the critics. I don't care what critics have to say about anything, but uh, uh, except my own music. <laughs> <laughs> then the critics are right. <laughs> but but um, I think it came out at the right time. Everyone's all locked up and, you know, no more shows and, and everybody needs something to be excited about and be happy about. And what better than an ACDC album, a new ACDC album. Plus, this might be the last time we're all going to get excited about a new ACDC album. I mean, who knows if they're ever going to make another one. So um, I bought it, and uh, I got to tell you, when I first listened to it, I was I was disappointed only because I was my expectations were so high because of the way people were gushing over it. Like you know, I thought I was, I was expecting for those about to rock or something, you know. Uh, but since then, the album has grown on me immensely. I think it's a great fucking album, um, and it's definitely the best album since Ball Breaker. Uh, I like. Uh, I think my favorite song is uh, uh, "Kick You When You're Down." Um, but I think every song is, is top notch and it's not too long of an album. And, um, the packaging is uh, brilliant. I love the, I, this is like one of the few albums I've bought in the past 15 years on CD. Cause I wanted the, uh, light box thing, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, it, it just came out at the right time for the world. And I'm glad it's getting the, the, all the success, uh, that it's getting, you know? So I, it grew on me, and I, I love it. I think it's great. Nice. Edwin? Yeah, well, you know, that's great. Uh, I love this album. Ralph knows how much I love this album. Yeah, this, I know the, you. It's the way Ralph feels about Rock or Bust. Is, this is that one for me, I think, because it hasn't changed. Like, I know it's still, like, what, like three months in, but uh, my opinion still is the same. I, I think this is their best album since For Those About to Rock. I mean, I can, I can get – maybe I'll feel like it's Ball Breaker, the best since Ball Breaker a year from now. I don't know. It's possible. But right now, I'm still in the glow of it where I do feel it's their best album since For Those About to Rock. I think a quality it has is just all the songs are really catchy. Mm. Uh, I don't think they've had an album since like For Those About to Rock where I don't think there's any filler. I think every song sounds like it could be a single. Every song is really melodic but punchy. I love the production. It's weird because I don't think it even sounds like the same guy that did Rocker Buster Black Ice, which did sound similar. The production has a little more atmosphere to it. I love the way Phil's drums are produced on this. Like, they're really loud. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I haven't heard Phil this loud since Mutt Lang produced him. Uh, so, that, you know, I love that. I love hearing Phil loud. And the songs are really catchy and poppy, but punchy at the same time and heavy and that's kind of like a mutt lang thing too it's not quite on that level but it reminds me more of what mutt lang did than any other album post mutt lang in the sense that the songs have like a sonic power to them but yet are really catchy and uh the uh i mean which is spell plus it like brings the dark evil acdc back like 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 evil walks and you know and stuff like that like you hear in like you know witches spell and demon fire like they haven't had songs like this since the early 80s and yeah demon's, demon's fire is a, a great song yeah, yeah. And, and 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 uh and like money shot like has a cod groove to it and oh no man's land that's a nice bluesy track where phil does like phil's even though everything's mid-tempo Phil's doing some little interesting stuff here. Like, unlike Black Ice, where it sounds like the same drum beat on every song, he's finding little interesting things to do. Like on um, 
uh, no man's land. Like he's playing like against the beat a little bit. It's kind uh-huh. of interesting. And, and I just, everything and like some song, like I, when I did my review rap, I said like rejection was like one of my least favorite songs. Now it's like one of my favorites. Like I was like, what the fuck was I yeah. saying? That was a, that's like a little like uh, like inject the venom. It's not as heavy, but it has that mean groove to it. And it's like the lyrics are really mean and kind of politically incorrect. I love that. And shot in the dark, of course, is really catchy, bluesy, kind of have a drink on me kind of vibe. Uh, through the mist of time, so different for them. I haven't heard yeah. them sound this different since blow up your video. Like where this is like total power pop, like a cheap trick song. And it's a very moving song. I actually, this was like, like you said, you teared up when you heard For Those About to Rock. I I started tearing up when I heard Through the Mist of Time the first time I heard it. There was just something about it. Not just because it was obviously kind of seemed like it was a song about Malcolm, you know. But there was something about this older band still doing things different. Like I wasn't used to, I wasn't ready for a song that sounded like this by ACDC. And I'm also a big cheap trick fan. So, you know, I don't mind, you know, some power pop. So when I heard it, there's just something about it. I found very moving, like, cool. Like they're not, they're still going to try new shit, you know, even at their age. So I found it just something about it, but I also love the song kick you when you down. That's got such a great groove to it. Oh yeah. uh, it's great. I love the the backing vocals. They're all really catchy. They're doing shit like I haven't heard and done since like the Bon Scott days, like Powerage, like where the backing uh, cor- like vocals come in on like the verses, like you know, like uh, what's next to the moon and shit. And they're doing that. I remember when I first heard uh, Shot in the Dark, I was like so excited when I heard like the vocals, the gang vocals come in on the verses. It's like ah, they haven't done this shit since like Powerage. I like I just it's a melodic punchy soulful album i love it i think it's like a later day classic masterpiece but you know we'll see how i feel in a year or two from now but i'm still in the glow of this album i love it yeah i I love it as well um i I still prefer rock or bust but that's not slamming this because you know if rock or bust didn't exist i'd say this is the best since ball breaker you know but um yeah my favorite is through the mist of times it was the first time i listened to this album that was my favorite and it still is now. And I did listen to this last week. And the thing I love so much about Through the Mist of Time, yes, <clears throat> it's a tribute to Malcolm. And it's kind of got this, like you said, power pop vibe. But it's not one of these sappy, like, you know, oh, we lost Malcolm. It's kind of like celebrating his life in, in, with the vibe of this song. It's like a, a feel-good song about, about Malcolm, you know? Like, you know, because Malcolm did bring a lot of joy to all of us. And, uh... Yeah, dude, I remember watching your review and I was like, damn, dude, Rejection is like my second favorite off this album. I love Rejection. I love Money Shot. Yeah. Uh, I love this whole album, Demon Fire, which is spelled Kick You When You're Down. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shot in the Dark. It's all It's all good. This whole album is really good. Um, but there's just something about Rock or Bust, man. I don't know. Maybe I'm being like stubborn because <laughs> it's such a underdog album and not a lot of people talk about rock or bus and then when i see this one getting all the attention maybe i'm fooling myself but i still think i mean well let's put it this way rock or bus and this album are the best thing they've done since ball breaker for me you know sure and uh no i really love it you know and i like it more than fly i like it more than blow up your video and obviously razor's edge um and uh i just think it's a great return to form and, you know, like Will said, it was so needed at this time. You know, we're all in lockdown and, wow, new ACDC. And, 
And it was just fun. And then, you know, look, and I'm one of these guys that was praising Axel DC. Because when I saw that show, it just fucking blew my mind. And then when I heard Brian was back, I was like, fuck yeah. Cool. You know, I mean, that's where Brian belongs. But I am a little bummed that ACDC didn't release a live album with Axel because that shit was awesome. All those deep tracks they threw out, you know, next song we didn't talk about, you know, Axel was in the band for a little while. And I remember how people were coming down on them for it. And I'm thinking, you know, there's a lot of people that work for ACDC, road crew. I mean, Will would know this, you know I mean? There's a lot of people out of work because Brian Johnson, you know, he had hearing problems. So, you know, I heard people calling Angus a, a, a sellout. Angus, of all people, a sellout. Angus Young? I mean, no, I, I'm sorry. In the history of music, period, nobody works harder on stage than Angus Young. Yeah. And that yeah. guy busted his ass for so many. If there's anybody that deserves the squillion dollars in the music business, it's Angus fucking Young. Because that guy busts his ass. And when I saw that uh, Rocker Bus tour, just like every other tour before it, Angus, what the fuck, what the hell is that guy on? The guy doesn't stop at his age today. He still does the same shit he did back then. You know, like stumbles on the floor and doesn't stop moving his legs and doing the hop across the stage. The guy's an animal and he still does it. This is a guy that doesn't need to prove himself anymore. But you can tell while watching, I was very close to the Rock and Bus show. And I was like, my God, look at the energy on this little guy. It just doesn't stop. And he doesn't have to do this. But you know it's because the music lives through him. He lives it. He's the real deal. He's he's Lemmy in shorts and in, in a schoolboy uniform, you know? <laughs> he's the shit, dude. Angus yeah. Young is not a fucking sellout. You're a fucking idiot if you think Angus Young's a sellout. ACDC, period, being a sellout. They never did a new metal song. They never did a hair metal song. They never did all this shit that was... They've always been bluesy, rock and roll. Yeah, they took a couple turns here and there, but they still kept it with the ACDC vibe and integrity. And and by them getting Axel in the, in, in the band, I saw it more as, dude, we got a lot of people that depend on this tour, light crew, all the shit. The tour has to go on, you know? So that's Holy. why they did it. And look, for them to bring Brian back proves that Angus ain't no sellout. You know what I'm saying? Totally. And and I totally welcome Brian coming back. You know, honestly, I mean, I, I did say this, and I know it's a popular, unpopular opinion, but, man, the best time I ever saw with ACDC was the Axl Rose one. Not because of Axl Rose, even though he nailed it, but the fucking set list was so... Very Bond-heavy, very, like, uh, uh, you know, like you had given the dog a bone. It's shit that Brian, you know, Brian in the band doesn't do. So it was a much welcome. It was just a phenomenal show. That's all I can say. But <clears throat> I'm not bummed. I'm not bummed that Brian's back because Brian is such a great fucking guy. And, you know, he he is like, dude, he replaced Bond, which is not easy to do. And he replaced him by doing the most sold hard rock album in the history of fucking music. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So, you know, I'm all for Brian being back. I wasn't bummed when I first heard it. I know a lot of people, like, you know, that agree with me. Ah, wow, man, I want to act. I was like, no, man, shut up. It's Brian Johnson, man. Come on. The guy's been fucking dedicated to ACDC since 
1980. So, yeah, and he and he brought the goods. I think that's the thing. Like you know, it's great. It's like him and Phil coming back. You could. I, it's to me when I listen to Power Up, it sounds like there is a, a fire under their ass. It sounded like. Phil and Brian were both grateful to be back in the band. They weren't sure that this was going to happen. No one was. And it just feels like everyone's just like really put in, put in their A game on this album to do Malcolm, you know, to honor Malcolm, but also because they realized this might be the last time and let's go out with a really strong album. Like that's the vibe I got on it. I thought Brian's vocals were amazing on it. Some of his best he's done in a long, long time. Definitely. Yeah. I agree. Now that we're done, I mean, we'll do a little recap on ACDC before we leave, but, Will, I'm going to ask you a favor. Yes. Uh, you said the funniest fucking story ever that I've ever heard you say when we did that podcast belongs to them, uh, King Diamond podcast. I uh-huh. would like for you to tell the listeners the story of when you were in the amusement park <laughs> with the water. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please tell that story because it's so funny. Um. Uh, it was in Orlando, Florida, at the the big water park down there, whatever it's called. Um, and I was on tour with uh, one of my old bands, The Cutthroats Nine. We had we had a couple days off in Orlando, and we went to this water park. And you know, we're having fun and shit. And there's this thing called uh, a lazy river, and it's like a, a, a slow moving river that goes around the whole uh, diameter of the park, pretty much. And it has, like, these little jets that push the water along. And, and there's inner tubes. You're supposed to sit in the inner tube and just kind of lazily go around the park. You know, it's just, it's, it's, a, it's a fun thing. It's like a lot of old people and shit. But uh, on the last pass, like, right when you're getting – right when you go around the corner and before you, you – you go into, like, a little, like, overpass. And then right there is where everyone's standing in line. There's a, there's a whole group of people. So right before that last corner, I turned to my bandmates and I was like, hey, watch this, man. I'm going to – I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, pretend I, I drowned. So I, <laughs> so I laid face down in the water. It was floating slowly, and, it, and, and like, and my friends got out of, out of the river because they they wanted to see what it looked like from the the uh, other people's <coughs> perspective. And they said that you just saw this big guy floating face down, like coming <laughs> underneath the uh, underpass. And when I was under, I, I was partially under the water. I can hear kids screaming like, ah, somebody! like and, and like, yeah, I mean, I, made a, I caused a huge commotion. And the next thing I know, I was getting pulled out of the lake, or out of the river, and I got thrown out of the park. <laughs> that fucking rules. I love that story, man. You're, you're like the baby. You were like the baby Ruth and Caddyshack. You totally. I was a giant baby. <laughs> my, my, my bandmates said it looked hilarious. It was like, you just saw this dude coming out. First, there was an inner tube. Inner tube, then a big, big dude floating face down in the water. <laughs> That's fun. why I want to hang out with Will at <laughs> a water park. <laughs> that would be a blast. Well, guys, I mean, any closing statements on ACDC? I mean, I'll go first. Um, the last two albums are my favorite since, for the uh, no, flick of the switch, really. And, um, you know, everything in between. Other than Razor's Edge, I really don't have a problem with any of them, really. Razor's Edge pisses me off. And that's what I think. What do you think, Edwin? I'll say the same thing, but even Razor's Edge, even though it's my least favorite ACDC album and I almost never listen to it, 
you know, it's still better than like a Poison album, you know, or a Bon Jovi album, you know, or Warrant and a lot of shitty bands from that period. So, so, I mean, if that's your worst album, that says something for you as a band. And, you know, what we all say is like their worst album, obviously it was a big hit and a big comeback for them. Uh, But I like it. There's definitely worst albums to have, but, but yeah, that's my least favorite. But I mean, I think they're one of the most consistent bands ever. I mean, just what they did in the 70s and 80s alone to me makes it like if they just want to put out an album every five years is which they do and if it's just a solid rock and roll record you know then they earned that like you said uh ralph that you know angus deserves all the money he has you know these guys worked so hard just from like you know what like 74 to 85 you know i mean into even the late 80s they were just constantly touring and putting out albums of such a high quality that you know they they are i mean for my generation anyway i think they're like the rolling stones you know for us they're fucking acdc they're one of the greatest hard rock at times slash metal depending on the air uh bands ever and i love them and they're up there it's like acdc and motorhead are kind of like tied for my favorite band but i go back even farther with acdc so uh so my roots are very deep with them they are one of the greatest bands of all time and if you don't love ACDC, I don't know. I think there's something fucked up about you. Yeah, I know. I know quite a few people that hate ACDC, actually. Yeah, um, I think it's just like you want to rain on your own parade of life. Yeah. <laughs> but let me ask you a question, Edwin, since you're such a huge ACDC fan. I yeah. don't know if this is true or not, and I don't know if you know this, but I saw a picture once of Angus Young's mansion. Have you ever seen this? Uh, no, in Sydney, I know I know it's located in Sydney, but I've never seen pictures. I it. don't know if this is real or not, but somebody took pictures of his house, and on the top, it's like this huge house, and on the top, there's like you know, like embedded in the on the on the roof are like concrete heads with little horns on it that look kind of like Highway to Hell Angus. Oh, that'd be awesome. Well, it probably I, is. I, I don't know. I never actually looked at this house. I've visited, I like, I've driven past, uh, this is going to sound a little stalker, you know, like I'm a stalker, but I don't know if, have you ever done this, Raph? Did you ever drive past Brian's house in Sarasota? No, Sarasota is very far from me. You see, it's close to me. I live in Tampa. Uh, I bounce between LA and Tampa, but I'm currently in Tampa. I got a condo in Tampa. Uh, and that's like an hour. Sarasota is an hour away. And, you know, I couldn't resist. I don't, it, does this sound creepy? Like, I just, I was just curious. <laughs> so Yeah, it's I, creepy, but who cares? It's fucking Brian Johnson. He's one of my favorite people. <laughs> so I just, I mean, I went to visit Sarasota too. You know, we went in for the lunch and stuff that day. So it wasn't like we were just going to do that, but we were there and we were like, you know, Stephen King doesn't live too far from there, there either. Doesn't he, Cliff Williams live around there? Uh, he doesn't. I don't think he lives in Sarasota, but he doesn't live far. He does live around there. And yeah, they do hang like Cliff and Brian. It's interesting because Cliff was best friends of Bond. And then he became best friends of Brian. And probably because he's a little older, you know, like both Brian and Bond and Cliff, all, those three guys were a little older than the other uh, three guys. So Cliff, uh, bond it with Bond, and then he bonded with Brian, which was kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, so Cliff lives there. I don't, I don't know if he lives in Sarasota exactly. I think I looked into it once. But yeah, Brian's house. It's interesting because Brian's house. It's a nice home, but it's like next to. It's like not like secluded. It's and it says something. It's kind of like fits Brian's personality. Like he's such an affable kind of guy. Like he's like his like it's a big nice house and it's on the water. Like yeah, you, you know he's rich. 
but it's like next to other homes that are like really close to it. Like he's part of a community. He's not like right. isolated. And I think that says something from what I've heard people say, like they sometimes Brian strolls into local bars and stuff. And he's, he's that kind of guy. He's kind of guy who comes in and like, Hey laddie. And you can buy him a drink. And he's just always had that vibe. And he's just, he's like the real deal. He's just a real straight up guy. And that's one of the reasons why I think it worked with him. You know, it wasn't like a, it's like, you know, people annoy me sometimes when they say like, oh, ACDC should have broke up after Bond. And it's just like, well, hey, you're not being like the young brothers are just in their 20s at that point. Like, yeah, they're going to give up like in their 20s. Like you don't want to hear Angus and Malcolm continue to make music. I mean, it's not like Van Halen where the singer's still alive, like they had a choice, you know, as tragic as it is. Bond was dead. They they couldn't continue with Bond. There was no choice. So you don't want them to get some cool dude from Newcastle that has a flat cap, that has a great voice that Bond Scott himself liked and had a few drinks with, you know, on tour with together. Like, you don't want them to continue with a guy like Brian. And again, it's like people that want to rain on their own parade. It's like fucking Bond Scott wouldn't agree with you. Bond Scott would be like, yeah, fuck. He would love Back in Black in those albums. I, I believe that from everything I know about Bond. He would have loved Brian with the band and he would have gave them a thumbs up. And Brian's that kind of dude. And just when I saw, when I drove past where he lived, it kind of confirmed that. It's like Brian's not like a secluded dude. He's a cool, approachable guy. Lemmy was like that too in his own way, you know, living right outside the rainbow, you know. He, Brian's just, he's the real deal. And I love that guy. I think he's an awesome dude. Yeah, I do too. Um, Will, do you have any closing statements? Um, I too saw Brian Johnson's house, and when I was going through his trash, uh, I, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, you know, uh, actually, my closing statement's kind of shameless self promotion, but it's ACDC related. Yes, uh, I'm in a ACDC tribute band with Zetro from uh, Exodus, and uh, it's called ACDZ for Zetro. And um, we have a we're going to be doing a live stream in March, I believe. Oh, and it's gonna be, and we, we do just uh, Bon Scott era songs, so we won't be playing any of the songs we talked about on these last two shows. But uh, it's a lot of fun. And um, when I started playing with these guys and doing these ACDC songs, uh, I had a whole new appreciation for for Phil Rudd, for one, and just for the music in general. I mean, I've always been a fan. But once you play them and realize all of the little nuances and the intricacies of, of the, the little details of the songs, you know, they're doing a lot more than, you know, a regular person might hear, you know. Uh, so, yeah, I just I love them and they're fun, fun songs to play. And uh, yeah, ACDC forever, man. Right on, man. So, yeah, I look I look forward to that one. Um, you know, you know, Will, this sucks, man. I got so. um distracted during christmas that i totally forgot about the death angel thing oh. and, and i even paid for it i oh. paid for it and didn't get to see it Damn. that sucks and then like my friend ron told me he goes no it's still up they they left it up for you know after the show i go oh cool so i went to go look at it and it was like no it's not he goes well it was up yesterday i was like son of a bitch it was like four days later i went to go it, look at it i think it was up for 72 hours so you you just missed it. Yeah, I just and I paid for it. God damn it, I felt gypped. But whatever, bummer, man, bummer. Yeah. But um, but I will not miss this ACD. Well, I mean, plug it. Remind me. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. I'll uh, I'll uh, do some promo stuff on uh, 
on your almost human page and right yeah, on. I'll make sure you know about it. Right on. Cause I definitely do want to see it. And I, I already have seen footage. Cause when you talked about it on that other episode, I, I looked at some footage, even though it was recorded in the audience, it, it sounded great. Cool, man. And, and right I think riff rap you guys played. I saw that was really good. You oh, do yeah. a lot of powered stuff. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, I think that's collectively uh, everyone's favorite, favorite album, favorite bond album. Uh, in the band, so yeah, we do. Uh, you know, give me a bullet, uh, riff raff. Um, you know, actually, we, we do almost everything except Sin City. I don't think we've ever done. Sin wow. City. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Zetro just likes to keep it really, really like uh, obscure. The, the oh yeah, tracks, totally. that would be the most known song from Power. That, that, it's my favorite totally. ACDC song, but yeah, but it, but it's a great song. Too. But it's cool that you do every other song. Oh, pre- yeah, pretty much, man. Like. Uh, uh, kicked in the teeth. Like sometimes we'll do uh, riff raff and kicked in the teeth back to back. That's fucking hard on my fucking <laughs> wrist, man. <laughs> Have you guys yeah. ever played Get It Hot? Yeah. Oh no, I don't think. I, see, that's the funny thing about uh, Highway to Hell. We kind of ignore that album a little bit because Zetro uh. Zetro thinks it's too it's it's too too popular. Like he he really wants to keep it like. I like the, the the deep tracks all the time. So I think we do we always do uh we always do walk all over you for sure. And that's about it, man. Uh we yeah, don't really get do... it hot, even for a popular album, that's a deep track. Yeah, it is a deep song. track. I love it. It's song. also it's also freaking easy, man. It's only like two and a half minutes long and uh it's one of the easier A C D C songs. I love that song. Love um, it. They play so we it also on... do If You Want Blood. We do If You Want Blood. I have a funny story about that real quick. We had, uh, we had this, this chick playing with us for a little while, doing the, the, the Malcolm role. And uh, she's also in a, uh, another ACDC tribute band. So she, she knows how to play ACDC songs. But for some reason, she couldn't, she couldn't play uh, um, If You Want Blood. It was just she couldn't do it. I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't understand it. Like, even when we started the song off, she couldn't put two, she couldn't like make ends meet. Like, like the song starts, we all hit the first note together. Da, 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 and you and then you keep carrying on with the riff. But you know, like we everyone uh, does the accent at the beginning. Da, 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 and she just, she it couldn't, there was like a mental block or something. So we would go, da, and there'd be no, no riff. And I'd look at her like, <laughs> come on. And then she'd go, Da, 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 da. And so we, we just would go over that one little thing at practice over and over again. And then we finally played a show with her uh, at Slim's. And that's, like where, that's where Death Angel usually does their Christmas shows. Uh, so it's a good club, you know. And it was a Saturday night. It was a big show for us. And she did it again, man. I went one, <laughs> two, three, four. Da, da, maybe da, da, maybe da, it, da. It, 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 like, it made no sense, <laughs> dude. I just, I, I couldn't. She got fired. <laughs> <laughs> maybe uh, this might sound sexist, but maybe you have to be a man to play that song, right? right. Yeah, I don't know, man. I wanted to cover her in oil, man. <laughs> light her up. Shot down in flames. Yeah. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe she could have got it right if the guy that played Angus did the first bant. You know what I mean? Maybe that bant, the dant, dant threw her off. Maybe. She shouldn't have done the bang. You know what I mean? Maybe. Well, the funny thing is that he had to save the day. We all went, and there was dead silence. 
and then he carried the riff. Da, oh. da, 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 da. Even though that's not his job, as that's Malcolm's part, you know. Right. But uh, yeah. <laughs> wow, that's wild. And what date is that again? To tell the people what date. It, it, there's no set date yet, but I think it's going to okay. be in March. So right I'll on. definitely let you know. I'll definitely let you know. Yeah, I'd definitely and, love to see that. And that's check out the recent uh, Zetro's uh, vault. Uh, Will is on there. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. We're definitely. just shooting the shit for an hour, answering questions. Yeah, it was really good. Really entertaining. I loved when you guys got into the mentors. Oh, <laughs> dude, I've got a million El Duche stories. Yeah, like, maybe oh, we should do a mentors episode, man. I'm down, dude. I'm down. I mean, I told that one joke uh, on Zetro's show that I'm going to tell again. Yeah. Uh, I, I saw them once uh, on Hate Street. They play at this uh, club called The Night Break. And... Um, and there, there's some fans in the crowd wearing mentors hoods, black hoods. And El Duce, <laughs> El Duce goes, yeah, you see those, see those guys in the crowd with the black hoods? They're the real mentors fans. You know, if you wear a black hood to a mentors show, you get in for half price. And if you wear a white one, you get in for free. <laughs> 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 I'll tell you, I, I got a, I got a, you know, mentors played down here in 96 and, and I go into the club and I shit you not. The first thing I see when I walk into the club is El Duce passed out under a pool table. <laughs> and I said, is this guy playing tonight? And what happened was they had one of the roadies play the drums while, while these two chicks were holding him up and it's on YouTube, the whole show. There's this naked chick, hot chick, like leaning. You see me all the way up front, and she's like leaning on me, going, "Get Duce a beer." Like, get the fuck off me, man! I don't care how hot you are. Give me a blowjob, and I'll get Duce a beer. But anyway, so then after the show, I bought their CD to the max, and uh -huh. Duce and Duce's at the bar talking to because this is a really actually you played there, Will. It was at Churchill's. Which is oh, little, I remember that. I know Churchill's. Yeah, it's a little Haiti. It's a bad neighborhood. It's like, you know, the slums of Miami. Well, he was with a crack whore <laughs> at the end <laughs> of the show uh, on, on, at a bar with a crack whore. And I wanted El Duce to sign my CD. So I go up to El Duce. I go, Duce, can you sign this? And he goes, can't you see I'm talking to a lady here? <laughs> <laughs> That's my DJ story. <laughs> I saw the mentors like two years ago and they were so bad. You know, Dr. Heathen sings all the songs now. And oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're still going. But Sticky Wife Beater, man, that guy's hilarious. That guy, I think he took over El Duce's spot because he was shit faced beyond belief after that show. But yeah, the mentors, man. Yeah, I like to, I like to. Dig into and, and hear all your because you live in California, so I'm sure you saw the mentors more than a few times. Oh, dude, I saw the mentors. Uh, uh I saw uh, I, I saw the mentors open for violence at the stone. No, that was, shit. that was a wild show. Oh, yeah, I can't man. imagine, but yeah, <laughs> I've seen the men. I mean, when they were like in the early 90s, they were kind of in their prime, like as far as touring and putting out albums, and so they were coming to the Bay Area to San Francisco. Like like four times a year it seemed like so I I saw them between like 1991 and 94 I saw them like four or five times a year so I've seen them a lot and I've been, I've been around El Duce quite a bit so I could definitely fill up an hour of El Duce stories <laughs> yeah we'll we'll plan that in the future after we do the who 
Because we still got to do the Who. Oh, oh dude. my God. You guys got to do the Who. Wow. Uh, dude, yeah. I just picked up some Who bootlegs. Holy oh, shit, yeah? man. Yeah, dude. What, so, what era? Uh, I got two from Quadrophenia Tour. Nice. Uh, one of them, one, one's live in New York. The other one's, uh, excuse me. Yeah, I got two Quadrophenia ones. One's live in New York, and I forget where the other one is. And then I got a Who by Numbers tour one, which is live at the Cow Palace in San Francisco. I love that album. And uh, whoa, really? Oh, you don't like that? That album's awesome. Who by Numbers? Yeah. Slip Kid. Oh my God, I love that album. I I think think it's it's kind of subtle. I like it. I like it. I think it's very underrated, actually. There's a a few songs like I love uh, Success Story and Slip Kid's cool. And uh, I like Squeezebox a lot. Squeezebox is awesome. There's some really depressing ballady type of songs on side two. After I get, I get the album kind of tapers off for me. Um, that's actually my least favorite Who album, I would say. Really, really? Like yeah. even some of the later ones you like better? Yeah, than I do. I love uh, uh, "It's Hard." I think that's a great album. Okay, I'll say uh, uh, I like uh, "Who" by Numbers more than um, uh, "Face Dances." Uh, I'll definitely say that. But, I uh, love "Face Dances," although I will say I like. Who by numbers? I love how much, uh, however much I booze. I love that song. And imagine a man. Imagine a man. Awesome. I I love that album, man. Side one is solid, but I mean, some of the ballads on side two is like two or three in a row. Like it starts. Yeah, yeah, it does taper off. It's not. It's not like my favorite Who album, but I just think it's very underrated. It's very under the radar. Not a lot of people talk about that album. Definitely. Um, but the, the, the bootleg for that tour is great, man. I mean, Keith Moon is still, still playing really well, you know, like maybe not quite as good as uh, a few years earlier, but that's like, the, I've read that that was the last tour he, uh, well, that was his last tour. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. I, he, he kind of, according to Pete Townsend, he was starting to lose it during the Quadrophenia tour. And then he said he bounced back really hard for, uh, um, who by numbers tour, like he played really well and he's playing great on the bootleg. Well, yeah, like now we're getting on a whole who tangent. We'll save the rest for uh, the future episode that me and Will will tackle the who discography, which is awesome because the who doesn't have that many albums. Totally. Isn't that crazy? They've been around since the 60s and they don't really have many albums. Yeah, like once they once they hit the 70s, they started putting out albums every three, four years. And, yeah. You know, yeah, they slowed down. Very cool. But then, but dudes, thank you so much. This has been a great episode, two two great episodes of the ACDC Brian stuff. So we covered all ACDC on the Vieira Vault. And Edwin, thank you so much. Give a plug to your YouTube page, bro. Yeah, if you want to check out Edwin Canastracci, uh, you know, you um, out there, if you want to plug me, you know, I do uh, reviews for ACDC. I did a discography review. I did uh, the, the Power Up review. I did just a shot in the dark. But I do a lot of other stuff, mainly hard rock and heavy metal. But occasionally I do like to throw a, a curveball because I do like uh, other kinds of music, too. Like I, I do like a, some R&B and funk, a little outlaw country. You know, I'll do some different shit from time to time, a little jazz. I haven't done yet, but I plan to in one of these days. But but mainly it's hard rock and like classic rock and heavy metal for the most part. Did a Motorhead one was the first one I did uh, where I reviewed every Motorhead album. Favorite After, Motorhead um, album? My favorite? Yeah. It is, uh, uh, well, it's Overkill. It got, it got ah, Overkill. Same here. Yeah. What's well, yours, Will? Orgasmatron. Love that album. Awesome very, album. Very awesome underrated. Album. A lot of people talk bad about it. Really? Fun, actually. Yeah, because, you know, rock and roll is such a great album. And people are like, ah, oh, everybody talks about Orgasmatron. Rock and roll is much better. I was like, 
I love rock and roll. Uh-huh. Don't get me wrong, but fucking the claw, man. No, I, love, I love Orgasmatron. Mean I, Machine. Oh, mean man. Machine. Yeah. Built for Speed. Death Forever. Things. Yeah. I, I, I like, I mean, I love rock and roll, but I think Orgasmatron's better. Yeah. I, also, I really love Another Perfect Day. I think that's a really yeah, good Yeah, that one's totally good. That one's very respected, though, which yeah, is I, cool. I love, I mean, I pretty much, well, I mean, I love, until you get to like uh, March or Die, I, I love every Motorhead album. Yeah, I don't like March or Die. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, yeah. That's my least favorite one. That's my least favorite, too. That's the Razor's Edge. It's better than Razor's agree, Edge. Man. <laughs> but, I mean, it's kind of hard to, to say that the Motorhead ever sold out, but that album's pretty close to selling out, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's you close. can you can tell because they were on a big label with 1916, and they're like, "All right, guys, yeah. you better make this one even bigger," you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and Sh- Sharon Osbourne was uh was managing uh, Lemmy at that time. That's why he was like writing hit songs for Ozzy Osbourne too at the same. Ah. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, for two albums, and then he was like, "Fuck off, Sharon," and started making awesome albums again. <laughs> Right on. Well, Will, anything you want to plug? No, uh, just uh, look out for details on the ACDZ uh, live stream and Death Angels working on new stuff. And we hope to be in the studio by the end of summer. And, uh, and your radio about... show. Your radio What's show. that? Oh, your yeah, radio my, my radio show. What the fuck? I'm terrible. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen to my show. It's called The Full Metal Jacket, F-O-O-L. And it's on this thing called Gimme Metal, which is a 24-hour uh, heavy metal radio station. It's free. You just download the app to your phone or tablet or computer or whatever. And uh, it's 24 hours. Dave Mustaine has a show. Randy Blythe has a show. Uh, Ross the Boss. Uh, and I have a show. It's every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it's free. So... Download the app, you cheap bastards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's free. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks again, man. This has been a great episode, and I appreciate you both being on the Vieira Vault. Hey, man. My pleasure. Awesome. Thanks for having me on. It was great. Great talking to both of you, Will and Ralph. Awesome. Totally, man. So this brings an end to the whole ACDC discography here on the Vieira Vault. want to thank Will and Edwin, man. It's a great time, man. Awesome. And Will will be back. Hopefully it'll be the next episode where we talk about the who. Anyway, you know what time it is. Follow me into the Vieira Vault. This week in the Vieira Vault, I'm going to play some ACDC with Axl Rose. I wanted them to release at least a live album. And it's hard to find anything that sounds good. From this tour, I wish I could have found a better version of something like Rock and Roll Damnation or Giving the Dog a Bone or something like that. But the only thing that I have that sounds somewhat professional is the opening track of Rocker Bus, which is how they open the show. So this is ACDC with Axl Rose doing Rocker Bust. <laughs>
that was ACDC with Axl Rose live in Lisbon. Is that how you pronounce it? In 2016 with Rocker Bust. All right, everybody. So thank you for listening. And starting next week, I hope I remember this. I'm going to start reading some of your guys' comments. Leave a, you know, an iTunes review and I'll read that. I haven't checked my iTunes, so maybe there is something new there. So I'll go check. But, you know, on the YouTube page, on the Facebook page. Leave your comment of what you think of, you know, the the latest episodes. Because I'm not going to go, you know, I'm going to do each week. I'm going to do the, the episode before talking about, you know, the comments on, like, the next episode. I'll talk about the ACDC episodes comments. And if you left something on iTunes, I don't care what episode that is. I'll talk about it. Anyway, thank you all, especially you listening now. You all rule. Stay frosty and smack them a gob.